Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, November the 8th. We are back in the studio rocking and rolling. Guys, we are episode 118. Thank you for rocking with me. Hope that you've been enjoying the heart sermon. That was last week. I know it was a good one. Hopefully you felt the same way. Now listen, I want to get right into this conversation because I was kind of going back and forth about what direction I should talk about this from, and then it just kind of came together. So we all think about the concept of social media and how it gets a negative connotation that it's this bad thing and it's just bringing us all down, it's affecting the way we communicate, etc. And so I came across an article that I was talking about and it was lengthy. So I'm going to circle back to that a few episodes later, but just to take a little bite out of it. It talked about bridging that gap between safe spaces for grief through TikTok. And it was studying the hashtag grief and just saying, hey, how has social media become this place where we can actually change the narrative around mourning? And then we can collectively see how different cultures and different people actually mourn. So I found that very interesting. But then there was one part of it that really stuck out to me. And it talked about how we're then relying on algorithms. So if someone is coming to social media to openly share and express their grief, but then they don't get any likes or they don't get any exposure and then they're left to feel isolated by themselves, I'm like, hmm, it actually is a different perspective and a part of it. Because I myself, as I share content, I'm opening up and I'm sharing things. And then if there wasn't any feedback, you're kind of like, hmm, I guess no one feels this because I'm always putting, hey, drop a blue heart if you feel me. And so it got me to thinking about that. And I thought that was a great concept. And I'm going to actually reach out to the author of it because it seems that someone is doing this as a study, a part of school. They examined 100 videos with the TikTok hashtag grief. They're actually called grief talks. Who knew? I had no idea that that existed, but I certainly use the hashtag grief when I'm using putting my videos and my content up on social media. So again, I wanted to share that briefly because I think, again, social media starts to get this bad rap. But I know for myself and for other people in our community, it has afforded us the opportunity to foster these relationships that otherwise we might not have been able to. We might look around our lives and see the people around us and not find that commonality or that comforting space to do that. So that was one part of it. And then out of nowhere, my thought process on what I wanted to speak about today kind of took a shift. And I was driving and I felt like I started thinking about one of my friends and he passed away. He was older than me. And so I I really thought about how we actually met. And it kind of ties into this whole part about social media or just online. So just to kind of bring us through this story. I actually, many years ago, I wish I could remember the year. Unfortunately, I don't. But I applied for a job on Craigslist. So that's how long ago it was where people were still applying to jobs on Craigslist. No shade to you if you do that. But indeed is where I apply to jobs. I don't trust anything on Craigslist at this point in life. But anyway, I saw it. It said, hey, part-time helper needed 50 to $75 per job, two to three hours. So I know I was young at this point. I'm like, hmm, that sounds like something I might be interested in. So it was refinishing bathrooms. I applied for the job, 
got the interview, and I met the owner. So we actually met in a bar parking lot. So I thought this was safer because he also felt, hey, I don't want to have strangers come to my house. He was married. He had children. And I wasn't going to go to someone's house for an interview. So all of this time, I thought this was pretty cool that we met in this public place. But I still got in his car. <laughs> so that in itself was like, okay, did you really want the job that bad? But anyway, I'm glad I did. Because I actually got into the car. We had an interview right there in the parking lot. We didn't drive off anywhere. Worked out well. I started working. Immediately, we formed a great relationship, a bond. So at the time, he was maybe like 45-ish, married, had children. And he's a Caucasian gentleman. So I want to add that because I think, it again, it's important to understand that you can find friendship and meaningful relationships in places that you wouldn't think. I would never think that I would be refinishing bathrooms or... Actually, I was just a lab tech is what he called me, the lead, the lead prep tech. But really, I just carried the stuff inside the home and cleaned the bathroom up, wash it up, make sure everything was good for him to refinish them. But this required for us to be in a car together, just him and I driving long places, distances, doing a couple of jobs over and over and things like that. We became sort of like family. And he looked out for me. He was older than me. His wife was amazing to me. I trained his young daughters a little bit in some of their sporting events. I had dinner at their home. When I first moved to my apartment, he made sure that he had a a malfunction in one of the dishes that he bought. So he gave me the set that had one chip in it and bought new ones. Anytime he could give me extra money, he gave me extra money. I'm like, no, don't, don't, don't do that. So I actually started calling him Uncle Al. And he would he started calling himself that he would like, hey, little buddy, it's Uncle Al. We got a tub alert. He would send me these messages. And so this relationship really started to mean a lot to me. And then again, I stopped working. He when I got a different job, he raved. They said that they never heard anyone's recommendation that thorough. Like he was over the top, which he would be. He also when I had my other full time job, I needed I sold advertising in a newspaper. And I needed to meet my quota. And I was falling short that week. And guess what he did? He bought an ad. He didn't need advertising. He was so busy, but he just bought it. And one of the most expensive ones that he could buy in the paper just to look out for me. And so we had a little bit of distance. We still kept in touch here and there. And one day I'm driving and I'm driving kind of near where he lives. And I'm like, you know what? Let me give him a call. So I go to call him and the phone, it was as if that number didn't exist. So I'm like, all right, that's kind of weird. So I'm like, cool, I'll call the business number because I'm sure his business is still intact. I called a business phone. So a woman answers and I'm like, oh, hey. And I'm thinking it was his wife. So I'm like, hey, Jen, it's, it's Nicole. Is Al around this and that? And the lady says, Al. And she got silent. Like it was like I said something awful. And I'm driving, mind you. She goes, Al passed away. And everything in that moment just came to a screeching halt. I had to pull over. I started panicking, hyperventilating. I started crying, like freaking out. Like I could not process what she just said. I couldn't. I started just tripping out. So now I'm driving to his old house. It's empty. I'm like, what is going on? So anyway, I started doing some research. I I got in touch with his daughter, then got in touch with his wife. And it was actually true. He had passed away, but it had been some time now, I think a couple of months at that point, at at this point. And so I'm devastated. 
because not only did I find out that he passed away, but he had he had been dead. And I'm just living my life and I didn't know that. And the way in which he passed away, I won't say it, but it's still unbelievable to me based on the person that he was. So I think what I've been realizing in this conversation and, and prior to me speaking about it with you today is I still have trouble processing that loss. So I speak a lot about my grandmother and my father and my friend Moet, but I don't speak as much about this loss. And I'm realizing that I think I think I still it's still very difficult for me to make that make sense in my head. And I wanted to share that because I felt guilt because we weren't still in touch as frequently as I would have liked to be. And that I didn't know. And he may have been going through difficult times in his life and I, I wasn't there. And so I can imagine that some of you might feel that way too. And so it led me to this concept and had me thinking, and I don't know that I have the answer, but I do know that I wanted to share this with you today is that there's a thing going on where you think about this whole concept of we want to spend as much time with people that we can. And we live by this whole thing of life's so short, tomorrow's not promised, love on your people, love your loved ones, do all of these things. And I'm thinking, is that fair? Is that a fair statement that we put on ourselves and that we put on other people? Because I just don't think it's humanly possible. But if we were to lift that, would that alleviate some of the guilt and the pain that we feel when people pass away? I think it would. I think it would. I literally wrote that down. I have said that too. Hey, live life like there's no tomorrow. Don't find out that tomorrow's not promised a hard way. Reach out to your loved ones. Tell them you love them. But is that humanly possible? I don't think so. How can you talk to every single person that you love all the time? Unless you have a very, very, very small circle of people that you care about. Is that possible? So I'll speak for myself. I feel like it's not possible. And I've never really looked at it that way. And, and I feel like, why won't I take that off the table? We've got to take that off the table. It's not fair. Caskets are closing and people are having to live with wounds of regret. I wish I would have called them. I should have talked to them. I should have known. I should have been there. I should have did this. I should have did that. Oh, man, I'm just going to live life like it's no tomorrow. I got to live it up. I got to do all of these things because time is going to run out. It is. And there will be some people, just like I felt in this scenario, that I wish I would have been closer with. And so what I want to say more so is to cherish the moments that we had the opportunity to experience. Because those memories, some of the things I just shared with you, there's so many more memories I can tell you about this amazing person are what matter the most. It just wasn't, life has so many turns and twists to it, so much unpredictability that it makes me think, well, how can I get mad that I didn't do something when my life just took a different turn? I don't think that busy schedules and different commitments mean that I love you less. Doesn't mean that I cared less. And I feel like we have to look at it that way. We have to sit back and re-examine re those statements 
and those concepts, I think they're, they can put us in bondage. I felt awful. Even when my friend Moet passed away, I calculated and I said, wow, I spoke to her on May 17th. She passed away on May 25th. Prior to that, I saw her in April. But then before that, I hadn't seen her in a long time. And so I was fortunate in that regard. But does that mean that the people who she didn't get a chance to speak to or didn't have the opportunity to are bad people? Or they should walk around with this extra level of guilt? I think that what I want to do is just seize every experience as they come and not feel like, oh, I'm going to just cherish this because one day I'm going to feel this guilt. Or I'm going to take this person's call because one day I'm going to wish that I did. I'm going to because that I mean, listen, maybe I'm by myself out here. Let me know in the comments. Let me know. Maybe I'm out here by myself, but I've got to free myself. I'm in this prison based on statements. Based on things I don't believe are logical. It just doesn't add up. And it's not fair. It's not fair. Al knows I can get emotional right now. Man, he knows that I loved him and I, I cared about him. We had a unique bond. That was my homie. Like, you don't understand. This man, in the middle of the winter, we were doing a bathroom down the shore, and he's like, listen, little buddy, I'm going to go into the ocean. I told him, I said, no, that's some white boy stuff. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to stay right here. I'll take pictures of you so you can share it with your family, but I'm not doing it. He did it. He lived life. Every person we would go to the home, he's building conversation. He's teaching me the game. He said, listen, when we get done a job, count your money right here. Count your money right in front of these people. That is not offensive. I did a job. You owe me money. I want to make sure it's the accurate amount before I leave. If you go somewhere, you do a job and something goes wrong, don't leave until the police come. So many different things that he taught me, so many gems along the way. He made sure my family was good in certain situations too. And so would a person that I experienced those moments with be mad at me because we weren't in communication prior to their untimely death? No. But did I think that way when I found out about the death? No, I instantly went to regret. So what I'm hoping that this message can do today is to free you or at least give you the power to look at a different perspective of life. And maybe we can enjoy moments, not to enjoy moments so that we don't feel like I told you so, I wish I could. But just because we're in those moments and they're beautiful. And let us not force ourselves to be in environments that we don't want to be in that aren't good for us for that same reason. Oh, I got to go. They invited me because, you know, one day I'm not going to be able to do this. One day I'm not going to be able to do that. That You're darn right. There's going to come a day where we won't be able to do anything but be dead. So until then, let's, let's move a little more freely, please. Let's just lean more into the good vibes and the good waves. And when those things do happen and we wish we had more time or we wish we could have or whatever it is, then just let it be a wish. Don't make it a death sentence. Don't put yourself in that prison. Don't do that to yourself. It's not fair. So I want to challenge you to think about some of those positive moments. Think about some of those good things, the good vibes. Let those carry you. 
And from the beginning of our conversation to where we are now, as we wrap this up, one of the major takeaways, too, is to find community. And I think that social media does tend to get a bad rap. But if you're doing it with the right intention, it can be so helpful. It can be so liberating. I posted the other day. It's awfully dope how I've been able to foster these relationships with people I ain't never met. Yes, I ain't never met yet in real life. People that I truly rock with, I think they're amazing. And I've never really met them. So that whole no new friends and all that that came out, let's time out for that. Let's find the friends that make sense for this version of ourselves. Because I believe that every version of ourselves will demand a different kind of circle. And I think also what I've learned is that life will do that whether you make the decision to or not. You're like, dang, me, me and so-and-so used to be so close and now we're not. But then if you really sat back and evaluated where you are, does so-and-so serve this season? Does so-and-so serve this season? Sometimes that answer is painful. I've, I've been there. And you want to start forcing it, but let things be. Let them flow. And just let love always be the saving grace. Because you can love people and not like them. You can love people and they not be healthy for you. And you can love people and they cannot serve you. Listen, guys, I wanted to just drop that into your spirit. If you're feeling it, if you're rocking with it, leave me a comment. Let me know. Slide over to my DMs. Let me know about that as well. And listen, before I get out of here, I want to get back to my love and memory segment. And I think it's only right that I spent time talking about my guy. My love and memory this week is going to be to the late Albert Cook. I thank him so much for everything that he did for me. I hope he's proud of me. I, I know that he is. And he told me that if he wrote a book, the title would be How to Succeed as a Loser. And so I hope that he's proud of what I'm doing and that I'm making things happen. And yeah, man, his family is beautiful. Your girls, it's, it could go on and on. So in love and memory to Al, Uncle Al, sub alerts forever. I love you, my guy. Guys, you know where I hang out the most over on Instagram. Make sure you follow me there at I underscore AM underscore Jay Nicole, guys. So next time, you already know. Love and light. Peace. Peace.